Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Like that weirdo loner you met on holiday in Crete in 1987 with whom you exchanged addresses and then he turned up on your doorstep years later saying, you said if I was ever in the area, we are back. You're very welcome to the Gorilla Cricket Grumpy Old Men podcast. Just once in a decade, in a lifetime maybe, the world of entertainment is disrupted and utterly elated by something entirely new. Good Lord. And now for something completely different. It's Grubby here, and with me on the Grumpy Futon are the Bear and not Fred Titmus. Hello. Hello. I'm feeling particularly grumpy today. Yeah, yeah, same old, same old guests on the, on the futon. Um, but we very nearly secured our most coveted guest, and he was on board until 1pm, and then quickly found another receptacle for his reservoir of negativity. So no, Hendo, I'm afraid. Sounds of everybody clicking their podcast programs to turn off. But uh, hey-ho, we'll manage without we'll get, him. We'll get him one day. We'll get him one day. He can't run forever, can he? Well, I don't know about that. It's Hendo. Well, yeah, no, he can't run. He, he can't, can't run, run forever. <laughs> Definitely can't run forever. <laughs> so uh, what have we been moved by in the world of cricket over the last couple of weeks? It's been ages since we all got together, by the way, hasn't it? And uh, it has. has happened. So what's been moving Mo- you cricket-wise? Well, mostly be- we haven't been meeting because there's been cricket on. And, um, you know, we've been watching a lot of cricket. And it's been pretty damn good cricket as well, which has kept us interested. Um, as we speak, England are one all in this four-match series against uh, India, having won the first Test match and lost the second Test match. Having won the first Test match on a wonderful wicket, uh, and uh, and then lost the second <laughs> Test match. So um, you know it is beautifully poised, albeit the momentum is very strongly with India. But uh, as we speak, two days before the third Test, and no one's quite sure what's going to happen. Well, I saw a picture of the pitch today that came through on our WhatsApp group on Twitter. And everyone sort of looked at it and said, yeah, what? Uh, is it going to be black earth? Is it red earth? Had a little bit of grass on. I even asked Ninda, are they going to water it? He just laughed at me. He did. He laughed at your, <laughs> he, uh, in a WhatsApp fashion, laughed directly absolutely. into your face. 
Um, I suppose that the answer, as with many scientific questions, is we don't really know, isn't it? It's a, it's a relatively new ground, a relatively new pitch. It's, it's different weather conditions and atmospherics, etc. So it's all, it's all speculation, isn't it? Well, and, and that's what makes this test match so fascinating. I mean, I, I don't think even the people who are in charge of the wicket um, are going to be absolutely certain how it's going to play. Um, and that's going to bleed into the selections of the of the two teams, and no one knows. So, uh, and the beautiful advantage for those of us here in the UK, we don't have to get up at three thirty in the morning to see that crucial first hour. I know, oh, I know, it's joyous, isn't it? And luckily, um, from England's point of view, they'll have a top wicket taker and top run scorer, Moeen Ali. Oh no, they won't, because he's right. not there anymore. Anyway, so yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen on on the selection front. Um, I presume. Well, I don't know. Is it is it going to be two spinners as standard, or will they think with the conditions of the game that maybe that won't be the case? What do we think? Well, there are no obvious two spinners. There's an obvious one spinner, um, but there isn't an obvious second spinner. And I think they may fall back on the man who's probably the best off spinner available. <laughs> That's Joe Root, um, because say what you like about his bowling and, and it is a bit round arm and sometimes it's a bit filthy but he does take wickets uh, yeah, and does. he does get good wickets as well so well yeah i mean he the thing is he bowls quite flat and quite quick doesn't he so and doesn't and, and because the wickets turn anyway it does bite a bit and turns enough um and therefore he doesn't often get hit off the back foot i guess I don't know what well, they in, do. in England you can you can sort of play him as a medium pacer but if the ball is spitting and turning uh, and and your natural speed is quicker than the average spinner then you know you can be difficult on that kind of wicket I mean look at Anil Kumble he's no Anil Kumble but uh you know on a wicket that wasn't turning much he didn't get a huge amount of turn but you know he got bounced uh and he got enough turn on turning wickets to make him a fearful proposition by bowling quick spinners so England might Um, be going in with Broad, Anderson, Archer, Leach and a bit of Root tossed in well, I mean, they might play an extra batsman because of the of the failure of the batting in the last test match. There, there are a lot of options, and there's no, there's certainly no one right answer. Well, no. Will Burstow come back at number three? I mean, I was thinking about this today. Burstow coming at number three. Well, exactly. I mean, everyone says, yeah, yeah, he can play spin. And I was thinking about the Sri Lanka, and it's like, well, didn't he get out for pretty much thirty every time? He did a sort of Vincey type well, thing. Look really good. Take thirty for the number three at the minute. I well, think. that's true. Will Crawley come back? I presume he's fit again. But I mean, I, I mean, I do think they'll, I do think they'll get rid of Dan Lawrence for somebody, because he does. Yes, it's a bit like Sibley. Like When's he ever yeah. going to get a score a run? And then he gets a ton. So uh, you know, I mean, he's obviously a decent player, um, but it's a very, very tough proposition for people brought up in England to. Uh, to try and score runs on such alien surfaces. Yeah, um, but you'd imagine, you'd imagine that Crawley comes back in if he is wholly fit, wouldn't you? I mean, he's he's that was his position, and Dan Lawrence certainly hasn't done anything to wrest it from him in Crawley's absence. So that that would just be a straight swap, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, there's that possibility. Or will they put Crawley into open and put Burstow at three? Might be another option over Burns. Burns think, hasn't done a lot really. No, he, Burns. You know, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a bunny for um, what's his name, Ravi Ashwin. Uh, left-hander turning it away. If it's, I mean, if it's brown earth, as Anindo was saying, it might be crusty again. In which case, it'll turn. And we, you know, and you know, he's liable for the old nick off to slip, pretty much in the first five overs, isn't he? If it's well, the, the problem England have got is that um, if no one knows how the pitch is going to play, um, certainly India are going to have a better idea than how the pitch is going to play than England. You would have thought. Um, so England are going to be guessing 
In, you know, if India are guessing, then England are going to be just doubly guessing, basically, if you can double guess. Uh, it's the same as guessing once, really, isn't it? Uh, yeah. That's Randy Ward with the old double bluff scenario. Double bluff, but, yeah. um, <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, they could get it very wrong. They could say, this looks like a seaming wicket. We're going to play four seamers. Uh, and it turns out it's turning and spitting from ball one. Again, this is what makes it very interesting. I think we're all looking forward to it. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the other thing is what's going to happen to the ball? Is it going to be dewy? You know, this, is the, this is the question that gets me. If it's going to be dewy, isn't the ball just going to get wet and soft pretty quick after nightfall? In which case, it's going to be a batting paradise, isn't it? Because it won't spin because there'll be nothing for it to grip hold of because it'll just be soft. And pacers will just hate it. Because it'll be a wet ball, you won't be able to shine it. In which case, it could be a bat in paradise after. after maybe time. not. A, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe difficult to take wickets, but not necessarily a batting paradise, a la. Uh, yeah, well. I don't yeah. know the oval back in the day or something, true and no. quick and whatever. It's, it might be a slow low pitch if it goes the way that you're suggesting there. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm interested in in, in the bowling attacks. I, I think England might well err on the side of um, seam, on the understanding or on on the assumption that um, England's best. Uh, seam bowlers will be able to exploit those conditions slightly better than um, the Indian counterparts. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, they'd be hoping it would be because England's seam bowling strategy, if they ever had a strategy, is in a bit of a disarray because, yeah, Leach has done all right. Um, apart from taking some massive tap from Pant in the first game. I mean, he's, he's bowled steadily. He never, uh, you know, he's not a big turner of the ball. Um, but he gets enough, you know, to cause batsman problems. Uh, it's one thing I discovered about Leach. I never quite understood. I, I didn't really rate him. I've never really rated him for what I've seen of him in international cricket. And I couldn't work out why. Uh, and then in the last test match, I was watching, watching him and I thought, yeah, this bloke never beats anyone through the air. He beats people off the pitch. You know, he can turn it past the edge or he can beat them with a straight ball when they're expecting turn, you know, and he can get, you know, LBWs that way. But he doesn't, he doesn't have a loop. He doesn't... Uh, he doesn't have a dip in his action. I think he did before his action was remodelled because he was thought to be chucking the ball. Um, he doesn't have that, and he can't beat people in the air. And, and you know, Moeen always has been able to. I think Best can, although he's not obviously got the control that Leach has. And uh, that beat, dawned on me why it was I never rated Leach. He doesn't pe- pe- beat people in the air. He beat Pan in the air. He got stumped. Well, um, yeah, okay. Um, well, maybe that was Pan's fault. He can't charge well, him on a wicket. Yeah, it's true, but you never see somebody come down to come down the wicket to leech, and then the ball's not there. Uh, which, uh, and when Ashwin's bowling well, I remember in, in the last tour uh, when Hendo had a complete rant about Moeen Ali, who came about three steps down the wicket and then found the ball had still bounced four yards in front of him, and he was stumped by a mile. And he was saying, "Oh, that's terrible batting." I was like, "Look how he beat him in the air. He came miles down the wicket, and he still wasn't anywhere near the pitch of the ball." Um, but you know, it's that is a good thing for bowlers to have. It's, it's actually less important when the ball is turning square and, and the wicket is very, is very difficult. Beating people through the air. I think even Root does it sometimes. Um, I, I think it's, it's probably fair to say that Leach is more of a, a grooved um, metronomic kind of spinner yeah. um, bowling more or less the same delivery time after time. That's how he built. Monty. Yeah. You could yeah. say, I mean, when, whenever you say bowling the same ball over and over again, someone's going to bring Monty up and, and that's maybe a, a fair comparison. Um, friend of the show. Friend, friend of the show. Um, and I think that's when, and I know you're not a big fan of Bess, uh, Fred, but I think no, that's where well, the, where, when I, the two of them operate together, that's where they can be quite, because Bess is, is clearly less, um, uh, consistent 
done that. But oh, I think they, yeah, they, can, they yeah. can work quite well. And he, and he, he does take wickets sometimes from terrible deliveries, which you've seen well, as well. Yeah. But Bear um, doesn't, rate, doesn't rate best. But I no. think he could be a good bowler one day. He's only 23, which is incredibly young for He's for, averaging 20-odd per bowl. wicket on this tour as well. So, uh, yeah. No, I get that. But the thing is, well, I mean, this is, this is the problem with the last tour and the same with this tour. After that last test, everyone was going, uh, 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 England can't bat, England can't bat. And we go too many full tosses. And the fact is that exactly that, India's spin bowling department is, you know, much better than ours. It bowls in those conditions all the time on these kinds of pitches. And um, we we gave away too many full tosses, too many full balls. And the one thing that England bowlers can't seem to do, in, and this is what I said will be the problem when we were playing in Sri Lanka, is that they can't bowl dots. They can't get overs where there's only one run scored. And they certainly hardly ever bowl maidens. And if you can't do that, you can't create any pressure. If you can't create any pressure, that's will always well, score runs and they'll always be ahead of us in the game. Well, well that's less important on an absolutely raging turner, though. Uh, well, yeah. it is, it is, but they still, you know, they could still. Well, it's not if if you bowl one short ball on a pretty slow turning pitch that st- sits up outside your off stump and gets hammered out into the outfield two or three times and over, then they're getting two or three and over. In which but case, you don't need to create pressure to get wickets because the wicket, will, the, you know, the, the pitch will do that for you. Yes, them. but you'll get more runs before the wickets fall, and that's essentially well, uh, what happens. You know, when you've got you batsmen know. like 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 um, you know Rohit and uh, Gill and Pant, um, they're the type of batsmen who are going to score freely. Um, and you probably want them to score freely if you're injured as well, because, uh, you know, they can take games away from people. In, in well, this is it. I mean, it was what? They got 300, 200. I mean, they got 300 virtually twice and we got, what, 130 and 160. I just can't believe that India are going to take the risk of having a very SEMA-friendly wicket. No. Because that would be giving away a lot of their advantage. Um, and it, 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 I think if they have the choice... And, you know, wickets, as Gary Naylor will tell you, nobody knows what wickets will do. But if they had the choice uh, and they were able to create a wicket to their choosing, it would have to be a, a big spinner. You would think so. And and yeah. we, we spoke and wrote and opined at some length before the series that given the uh, relative merits of the um, spin resources at uh, each team's disposal, England would be very... Well, in my view, at least, England would have been very lucky to be in this series. So actually, you know, where we are at the moment as an England fan, I'm, I'm perfectly happy. But if it does turn out to be, um, you, you know, some, something that, that you want your spinners taking advantage of, then you, you'd have to favour India. You know, Ashwin is world class. He's you know, number one, two, three bowler in the world. He's a bit of a freak. He takes his wickets every 50 odd balls compared to most, you know, our guys in, in the 60s. Um, and then he's been supportive. Well, uh, Deep bowled okay in the last test. I was pleased to see him back in the side from a neutral's point of view. And then um, Akshay Patel bowled really well, didn't he? A great debut for him on, admittedly, a very uh, friendly pitch, which he exploited better than other spinners in the game, like who, who were playing for England, for example. So um, I, I'm, I'm delighted the series is poised. But if it's going to be spin that wins, you've got to, you've got to side with India. You do have to solve oh. with India. I mean, yeah. the, the thing is, I guess if England, uh, the one hope I do have, and the one thing I'm clinging on to, <laughs> is that England do bat first. Because I think if uh, without the scoreboard pressure, they might be out of post to score that if the pitch is turning square, they could be in it in the second innings. And then anything can really happen on these sorts of pitches. Um, as long as they're not too far behind on first innings. Well, uh, and the thing about the pink ball and dew is that that's only for a relatively short period of, of the day. Uh, you know, you're going to be starting yeah. the first day or, or starting every day, sort of in the, in the middle of the day, as far as the, uh, what time of is the astronomical day. 
What is the start uh, time over there? Is two, it two, two thirty. About two p.m. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets dark about what five? So I'll have lunch, and then pretty much you'll be into the sort of twilight bit shortly after lunch. You'll probably get what twilight, and most of the second session will be half of it will be in light, and half will be in dark, and then the last session will be. Well, if it gets dewy, I mean, you've seen the IPL games when it's dewy. I mean, I have to rope the bloody thing every time I have a Paytm or whatever it is, goddamn break advert thing. Is there a Paytm rope the outfield? Uh, well, well, it might well be. They've probably got it plastered all over the goddamn tractor that runs it around, haven't they? So uh... so you, you definitely can't pin your hopes on whatever small window that is where the atmospherics might help the uh, seamen, well, the swing bowlers, I suppose, particularly. You can't pin oh, your hopes yeah. on that. But that said... This is where it comes back to what the balance of the team is uh, in England's selection. I just want to come back on Jack Leach as well. Not literally, but I want to return to the subject of Jack I'm Leach. I'm sure he'd be delighted to hear it. And um, and, and the point about him being, uh, you know, relatively metronomic in, in how he bowls. And I think that was partly um, what prompted Rishabh Pant to, um, I mean, he's an attacking batsman anyway, we know that and great to watch. But he probably just thought, I know where he's going to land this. I'm just going to back myself to whack it against the spin over long on, which he did several times, didn't he? Uh, not well, against, it, not against it's the spin, a bit like spin. Um, Jimmy Anderson in, in, in 50 over cricket um, towards the end of his time in 50 over cricket. People were just saying, I know where he's going to bowl this ball and uh, I'm just going to hit through it. And, uh, it, it, you know, in that kind of situation, he doesn't have three slips in the gully if he gets one wrong. You know, if you, you smack the ball and you get an outside edge, as often as not, you're going to get a four anyway. So, yeah. Uh, it's it, it's playing the situation, but I think you know Leach is uh, at the moment he's England's only spinner that they can rely on uh, yes. because Best was dropped for the last game. Moen is not there, although you know he took some wickets. I don't think he bowled all that well. Um, Rashid's not there. Adil Rashid's not there. You know, uh, Zafar Ansari's not there. Gareth Batty. <laughs> uh, a lot of people aren't well, there. Can we play the Zafar Ansari jingle? Because most of them are crap. Uh, no, unfortunately, that's been lost. Sorry. That's been... Um, <laughs> Have you kidnapped it? So Leach, kidnapped has, uh, Leach has to play. Um, and I think if England were so unsure about Bess that they couldn't play him in the second match because he bowled a bunch of loopy full tosses uh, in the first game, then I don't see how they can pick him for this game unless they think it's going to be turning absolute square from ball one. I don't know about that. I think they thought, oh, we'll give, you know, they could kind of go under the cover of rotation and Moeen hasn't had a game and he's going home anyway. So they thought they'd give him a game. They also thought he'd probably give him more batting down the bottom. As that turned out, the first thing is it wasn't true. And then he got himself a little, and then he had a little IPL dig right at the end of the game. Thought, well, who I need to get picked yeah. next week in two days time and smashed a few sixes and, and uh, he got himself an IPL contract. So, well, you know, good for him. Happy. Moen hadn't got into double figures in Test cricket for about two years. Yeah, um, he'd he'd literally been out for single figures. Um, but it doesn't make sense. I mean, actually, Bess is probably a more reliable batsman than Moen um, at number eight at the moment. I would think. You know, if you had yeah, the choice, that you could solid. you could pick the two. So I don't. It, you know, if that was thinking, it was probably flawed thinking. There's been a yeah, lot of flawed well thinking. Been. It might well have been. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a risk, and I thought they they wanted to take it. I mean, that was handled badly at the end, wasn't it? About how they were. You know, he was he was coming home and all that nonsense. It, they mm. was. Yeah, I don't really want to go there, but anyway. Um, but you know, back to the the type of spinners that England have at their disposal at the moment. And and Bear, you were talking about kind of stringing the maidens together. I suppose your best chance of doing that would be a leech type bowler. Um, Bess is more of a wicket taker. Moeen is definitely more of a wicket taker. 
Um, you know, his strike rate is pretty good, but his 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 uh, you know economy rate is is relatively high. So you're not picking those sorts of bowlers to bowl you maidens. And in fact, the cupboard is pretty bare on that front if you're well, if you're absolutely. looking at spin options in England. Yeah, what, yeah. That, you're looking me, up yeah. and down the counties for a number of reasons, mostly to do with wickets. Uh, and the format of the game, there isn't a lot of spin bowling anywhere in England at the moment. So It's uh, structural, structural, mate, isn't it? And uh, people complaining that Moen hasn't played Red Bull cricket for about eight months or, or nine months or a year or whatever. Well, that's a structural issue. Why are you taking him on a tour where you want him to play Red Bull cricket then? But the point well, is well, that... But who would you pick that has been playing? Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just happy you know, that Mason Crane hasn't popped his head up yet. Well, I mean, know. they've got who are the reserve <laughs> or, or players in the reserve squad? You've got Verdi, who I've never actually seen, but um, uh, I've heard wildly differing things about him. People thinking, yes, he's potentially a good bowler, and other people saying that he's the most one-dimensional cricketer of all time. And if that dimension doesn't quite hit off, then you've got a real problem. Um, but they're there just to give them, I suppose, a taste of uh, of what it's like touring with England. Of empty uh, stadia, half empty stadia. <laughs> Yeah, 50, it's 50, funny. It's funny you say that. Actually, we were all saying, you know, we've had a year without any, without any or many people at grounds, um, and it's been weird and it's been no atmosphere. And then I was watching the last Test match, and then an Indian batsman would get an outside edge, and it would go down to third man for four, and the crowd would go absolutely bananas. And I was thinking, oh, shut up! <laughs> it was much better without you. Yeah, well, what are you I was, doing? Well, I was thinking that weirdly when when the crowds went off in the last Test, I was thinking. They did the soundtrack for the last, the, the previous <laughs> test pretty well because it was, you know there wasn't yeah. a lot of difference it seemed to me. But, you know. Well, uh, there's, they talk. There's a commentator's cliche about silencing the crowd. They use it mostly in football, but if ever that actually is is really true, it's when an Indian batsman, particularly one of the absolute top in the Indian batsmen, gets out, and an Indian crowd there's just dead silence in the crowd as if what? no one could quite believe what has just happened. It used to happen even... with Sachin, didn't it? People, people yeah. would flood yeah. in just before he was about to go back and then the wicket would fall, he'd walk in, they'd absolutely cram in and there'd be like, thousands outside hanging on the rafters and everything. And then if, God forbid, he got out really early, the, the stadium would just empty. <laughs> well, it, it's worse than that because the guy who got out for Sachin to come in, as he got out, there would be an absolute roar from the crowd because that wicket means that Sachin's coming yeah, in. Yeah. And you hear that with, with Coley as well. See, why are they cheering? Oh, yeah, because Coley's coming in. Uh, it's a bit bizarre, but, you know, different countries have uh, different ways of cheering their team. And uh, Indian fans are certainly do cheer their team, sometimes to the exclusion of all else. Uh, and that's true of cricketing Twitter, I think, as well, as uh, we may have discovered over the last couple of weeks. But which brings us on to Grubby, yeah. your segment, nicely, the, the, nicely the segment segued. known as Grubby, which is. We've got a jingle for it, haven't we? So there's no need for me to sing it anymore. But it's boring cricket tweet of the week. Grubby's been scaring
Right. So what I do, I uh, I go on Twitter and I put cricket into the little search bar and I see what gems are flung my way from the cricketing know-it-all arati. So the first thing that caught my eye on this, chaps, um, was actually the same image that had been tweeted by both Umesh Yadav and Hardik Pandya. And it's a picture of the pair of them standing uh, in the Ahmedabad Stadium, uh, stripped to the waist, wearing just shorts. And Umesh says, today was a good day. And Hardik says, the hustle continues. Mm. <laughs> so go and look that up. Well, That's, uh, to be fair, it, uh, yeah, it might not be their first language, to be fair. So, um, you know, you give, give I will give them some leeway. But, you think um, today was a good day is going to sound really good in a different language, do you? Well, anyway, they may have a slightly different context. So, all right. Well, there's more to come. There's more to come. Oh. Just park it for a second. Park it for a second. Um, Suresh Rayner tweeted earlier on, um, and it's a quote, actually. I wonder if any, any, either of you can, um, can give me the source of the quote. The quote says, adopt the pace of nature. Her secret is patience. Nature. <laughs> No, no it's uh, it's Ralph Waldo Emerson, apparently. He's the philosopher, the 19th century philosopher who was quite big into transcendental uh, stuff. Um, uh, why you pick on Indian tweeters? Uh, just uh, just what's happened yeah. so far. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, I'll tell you what yeah. then. I'll tell you what then. We'll go to a different part of the world. Wales seniors cricket tweeted oh, earlier. Oh, now, now we're right. talking. Here we go. <laughs> and they said, our Wales over 70s championship fixtures are out. So if, if, Wales, if Wales over seventies fixtures are your thing, you know where to look. They also put uh, an apostrophe in seventies. Uh, yeah, terrible, terrible. So that Is was that Wales spelled, spelled out seventies or the numbers. The number seventy apostrophe s. Wales mm. over seventies. Yeah, very poor. Um, and then uh, Broken Cricket Dreams blog tweeted: Kane Williamson's beard matches the hashtag New Zealand jersey. Thought that was pretty dull. Thought that was yeah, really that pretty dull. Um, oh, the other thing that happens is when you put cricket into the search bar in Twitter, um, sometimes you get people whose whose uh, handle includes the word cricket. And here's one such example of somebody who's called cricket, or the screen name is um, uh, twelve e sonnets. <laughs> twelve e sonnets, and and this person just says, "I'm going to eat aluminium." What? what? That can't be good for you. Wondered, wondered, oh, if it, wondered if that was a reference to DK Lilly's bat back in the day. Maybe not. And then our old friend, or your old friend, Fred, Dennis Cricket, he just tweeted earlier on, Australia a crap at T20. Oh, did they lose to New Zealand? Yeah, well, I've got a, I've got a, a bit of a quiz about that later on, so uh, we'll come to that in a moment. So there you go. They're, they're your candidates for boring cricket tweet of the week. Wait, so I, just... I'm a candidate for null point and your T20 quiz. I'll tell you that much for nothing. <laughs> I didn't well, even know Australia were playing New Zealand. Is this men's we're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now we'll come on to that in a second. Just so, just to recap then on boring cricket tweet of the week, you've got the Umesh um, Hardik uh, tweeting themselves stripped to the waist, saying today was a good day and the hustle continues. You've got Suresh Rayner with that piece of nonsense from Ralph Waldo Emerson. You've got Wales seniors cricket about the over seventies championship fixtures. You've got broken cricket dreams about Kane Williamson's beard matching the jersey. You've got uh, 12 Easternants saying um, he or she's going to eat aluminium or aluminium, could be an American. And you've got Dennis Cricket just saying Australia are crap at T20. What gets the vote? Well, I agree with uh, Dennis that Australia are crap at T20, but I actually quite like the Wales over 70s, I think. That gets yeah, uh, call me parochial. Go on, call me parochial. 
But I think, you know, the Wales over 70s 70s cricket fixtures. Honestly, I can't wait. In fact, I'm searching for them as we speak. Uh, A a teammate of mine um, who plays actually over 60s cricket for Oxfordshire, and they they do play in the same group as Wales. So uh, I may have even seen Wales play. I I seem to recall Wales over 60s. 60s, That was the over 60s, but some of them might be over 70s because that was a few years ago. Um, what does so what does War, what does Andy War play? Oh, sorry, he's over. He's 50s. over fifties. Hertfordshire, Hertfordshire over fifties. Yeah, so yeah he spends most of his time playing chess now and beating me. But that's another story. I bet he's well, really good, Andy, at chess. Well, uh, the thing about Andy is once he gets his hooks into something, yeah. he really gives you know, gives it his all, and he spends his whole time, you know, boning Reading. up. On, you know, it, it was poker, it was golf, it was now it's chess. Um, it's whatever it is, he throws himself into it very wholeheartedly. So. Uh, has he been watching the Queen's Gambit on Netflix? Well, I don't know. He, he's, you know, he, he sends me a message kind of times. Fancy a game, and I go on there, and I just breeze on, not having played for five years, and I go, oh, let's see what I can. Where does this piece move? That kind of thing. And he's, he's got all his openings worked out, and whatever. Oh, so that's my excuse for always losing to him. And I think I did beat him once. <laughs> Bloody people but, who make an effort, eh, Ben? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a disgrace. That's not the. They're not the favourites of this podcast. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Um, it's yeah, well, so Wales wins it for me, but you know, what are the well, no, that, 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 that's carried that appears to be carried. It's really, it's um, it's a tricky old subject, the boring cricket tweet of the week. Because when you're going through, most things are very boring, but it will say things like, you know, so and so just scored a run in, in this game we're watching. So it's actually yeah. you're looking for something that stands out a bit. So, well, there's somebody who know. always tweets when a substitute fielder comes. Oh, wait, that's knuckle for gorilla cricket, yeah, no, forget. <laughs> But so actually, I think we like the Wales seniors one because yeah. it stands out because it sort of made us laugh. Which, by virtue of having done that, is therefore it's not, boring. not very it's boring. Not boring. Wow! You can tie yourself well, we're up back to Nietzsche now, knots. aren't we? Yeah, let's not though. Let's not. Well, um, oh, uh, the other I, thing that made me laugh. Sorry, this, I didn't put this into boring cricket tweet of the week. Cause it's quite funny. The grade cricketer tweeted something, and it was something you had to click on and, and listen to the sound. It was a picture of a or a short bit of footage of a, of a village game, and it just the tweet said, "This is the undisputed sound of cricket," and all you get is some bloke so from side on, and he he, he larraps it out into the outfield, and you just get the, the locked off camera there, and you just hear, "Catch it, <laughs> fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Which I very much enjoyed. You can hear that on Gorilla Cricket as well. To be yeah, fair, exactly. Sometimes. Uh, also with a locked-in camera where we don't know where the balls go. But yeah, on the general topic of uh, cricket on the internet, um, I have found recently that sometimes the internet is not all that reliable. Uh, I was doing a uh, I was doing a search. Uh, I was doing some research, which is a fancy name of putting, for putting something in Google, Google. and yeah. seeing what comes out yeah, about bowlers counts. and and no balls. I can't remember what prompted this. It wasn't. It was before this series, uh, and I came across um, a website called cricketaddictor.com, uh, which is based in in India. But we're not going to hold that against them. Uh, and it was seven bowlers who never bowled no balls. I thought, oh, that's mm. interesting. I'm going to click on that, uh, and I did click on that, and I'm going to read you a bit without. But leaving out this bloke's name. Okay. Um, this is number four. He says, This cricketer, X, is currently the fourth highest wicket taker for England in Test cricket. One of the most courageous fast bowlers to ever played. This player, X, formed a potent bowling combination with Ian Botham. That's Bob Willis. Yeah, While he endured operations on both knees, he bowled without pain. Across 154 games in ODI and Test cricket, the Durham born cricketer bowled 20,000 deliveries without conceding a no ball. No, there's this bloke on the internet. It's that's not true, is it? Well, it's a, the well, famous the famous Headley test, wasn't it? He was bowling no balls all the time from one end. They changed the end, and everyone was having a pop at him. 
Well, Sky Sports um, statistician Benedict Bermange, uh, an old friend of mine, worked out that Bob Willis bowled 939 no balls in (laughs) test cricket alone. Alone. (laughs) 939 no balls. And according to cricketaddictor.com, he never bowled a no ball. Well, I think your pedantism should uh, well, lead, that's, that's lead you pedantry. That's something <laughs> no. that's wildly inaccurate. Well, of course it is, but uh, you know, Fred's not Fred's not one to you know shy away from telling people they're wrong. I think you should get in touch with this uh, cricket. Well, funny enough, I sent him a tweet, and uh, he hasn't responded. I said uh, uh, the man who uh, is responsible for this is called Ayushman Vishwanathan, who said, as I said, hi. In this article, you state that Bob Willis never bowled a no ball in his career. In fact, he bowled 939 balls, no balls, in test cricket alone. What have you got to uh, say for yourself? He hasn't responded, no. uh, oddly enough, but it's still up there. Are you saying, um, you saying that you, you know um, Benedict, are you? Yeah, my, he used my, to play with my, him and against my him. My wife yeah. knows him as well. Ah, he was, right. Did he go to Habs school by any chance? He did go to Habs, yeah. yeah. Well, so my, Habs? My... Oh, God, I used to play Habs when I was a school kid. You might have played him. You're, you're probably a similar age. Oh, actually. I would have done, actually. How old is he? I think he's a bit younger uh, than you, Beth. I'm sorry. He's to point probably mid forties, uh, probably fifty. Nah, he's not old, is he? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, well, what I've done, you know. Uh, his one claim to fame in a cricketing context was that when he was at Durham University, he captained a team where Andrew Strauss was playing. So he was Andrew Strauss's captain. Oh, lovely. And uh, he's never, well, he's never shy to mention it. Let's put it that way. So <laughs> uh, it's my warning to people out there: just because it's written on the internet, don't necessarily believe it. Damn, I believe everything I read on the internet, Fred. Well, you do when you get it on the Mail Online with those really long headlines. Have you done any of that this week there in preparation oh, or not? Uh, no, no, no. Or are you I, still I, blocked I, after trying no. to search up 12-year-olds? No. <laughs> I, I think we better leave that right there. The, ma- the Mail Online just gives you the story and the header, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, really, that's basically. right. That's SEO for you. That's, yeah, that's all you it need works. to do. They're one of the most uh, profitable media enterprises in the world I think they were the most popular website a few years back I don't know if they still are they were the most popular in America bizarrely the biggest news site in America madness Madness. well now they're just knocking fucking William and no no, no, Harry and Meghan aren't they Jesus Christ they bang on about that well let's return to cricket uh, after a fashion so yes there was a T20 international earlier today between Australia and New Zealand um, and the New Zealand batsman Devon Conway, who's made a blistering start to his T20 career, he's uh, uh, in five innings, he's got 273 runs at an average of 91 and a strike rate of 157. Anyway, today he was left high and dry on 99 not out, and he became the fourth batsman in men's T20 international to achieve that feat, 99 not out. Any idea who the other three are? I seem to remember one for being for England. Uh, more than one potentially ah uh, potentially yeah <laughs> at least one <laughs> he says looking at the uh, yeah, yeah. looking at his list of four it's two Potent- it's Johnny Bairstow two of the other three no was it Moeen Ali no oh. I'm disappointed Root. Jason Roy Alex Hales no I'm disappointed one was very recent by the way you should remember this I mean it's, it's sort of last uh uh, autumn. Oh, 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 oh! David Milan. David Milan, very good. And then oh, the other yes. one, other, the other one, eight years previously. Eight years previously. Uh, this man was part of the um, England World Cup winning 2010 side squad. Uh, oh, he's got Lum. He's got Michael Lum. Not Michael Lum. He's got a great jingle. He's got a great jingle. Well, that uh, narrows it down. Uh, oh my God! Not Denley. No. Uh, 
Uh, Luke Wright. Luke Wright threw me. It was in 2012 against Afghanistan. And then uh, I'm I'm really disappointed that Bear hasn't thus far said, is it Chris Gale? (laughs) (laughs) I was counting on it. I was was totally (laughs) counting on it. Well, but no, there's an option to get around 160 but off 12 balls or whatever. It's not Chris Gale. Uh, it's um, a, a Pakistan stalwart who's achieved this feat. Uh, still, a freedie? Still, still playing. He's about 40 years old. Uh, not a freedie, no. He's still going. 43 years old he is now. Jesus. Uh, Asterisk. <laughs> um, it's Mohammed Nawaz. Mohammed Hafiz. Ah, Mohammed Hafiz, ah. the professor. So there we are. Because Conway, whatever his name is, he's a saffer, isn't it? They've done our thing. They've gone and nicked a bunch of saffers. They've gone and nicked a saffer. That is right, yeah. Grew up in South Africa, I understand. But uh, I, I yeah. see him. He, they, they, they love him on, on guerrilla cricket South Africa. They always talk. You say about his it. name was Devon. I did. Oh, so we are not just in dice cricket on guerrilla cricket in the lockdown. We may have a chance of seeing Devon play Cornwall. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? Oh, yes. Who? Yeah, you know, where would the cream could, go? Where Jackie would the Hampshire cream go? <laughs> on first. <laughs> well, a Devon lad. Going to say jam or cream? <laughs> well, I think Raheem, judging by the size of him, uh, has plenty he, of both. To be he fair, might enjoy. there was that lovely yeah. picture of um, after the the narrow victory against Bangladesh of him being sort of piled on by two or three of his teammates, and they were nowhere near bringing him down. <laughs> It was like, hey, Uncle Rakim, Uncle Rakim's come to play. Hey, hey. Yeah, he's got a, a child hanging off each limb. Yeah, he's a big lad. He's a big lad. Do you want another quiz yeah. question before we go? He took a, oh, he yeah. took a great catch, actually, to uh, to win the, a very tight test match. We should actually mention in passing. Oh, I just have. Uh, West Indies beat Bangladesh 2-0 in the test series. Uh, Everyone was saying how games. great how great it was West Indies cricket. It is. It's actually pretty poor for Bangladesh cricket. And I think Hendo made that point in one of his articles. But uh, the, the second game went down. It was less than 20 runs, the margin of victory. I think it was 18 runs, was it? Is that Somewhere where um, Mahadi Hassan scored about 80? almost to pull Well, he started slogging towards the end and, yeah. uh, and picked up some boundaries. And it was, it was in the balance. And Cornwall took a very good low catch down at slip, diving away to his right. A good pair of hands. To win the game. Yeah. Um, so uh, he, he won them that game. Well, you know, his catch won them that game, but uh, a very understrength West Indies team did did really well uh, in Bangladesh. Uh, yeah, two superb games. Uh, we've been spoilt, been gorging on these terrific games in recent weeks, haven't we? Test cricket um, is absolutely fantastic at the moment. You don't it is, rarely yeah. get a bad test. Uh, and lots of results. I like a result test, you know. And I like them being done in four days. Man, four and a half is fine. The odd draw yeah. is okay as well, though, Bear. Draws can be exciting. I think indeed. if every game there's a, there's a result that sort of takes away a little bit from it. But the, um, the last great draw I remember was Kawaja batting for seemingly three days in the UAE against Pakistan. Uh, and Australia were nine down. Um, and that was the test that Collins and... Um, uh, was it Lemon? Lemon, yes. Yeah, uh, yes. They commentated off their own bat with the Bears' help. And uh, he, Australia batted in incredible heat um, to save a game uh, basically Kawaja did it did it by himself and that was a great draw but great draws are, are few and far between and there was a, there was that period where England had three nine wicket draw five nine wicket down yeah it's about 18 months oh bunny onions was a hero yeah well so exactly. Monty and Jimmy yeah Monty and Jimmy in Cardiff very famous yeah. yeah so you can get great draws but uh, yes obviously results are better and close results are the absolute greatest thing in the world absolutely There's nothing better than a close test match 
And we've had so many of them over the last two years. Uh, you know, even though cricket, has, you know, there's been a long time without any cricket in that time, you know, with lockdowns and COVID. But we've had some incredible test matches. You know, the, the Stokes one is obviously a favourite for us in England. But, you know, there was... Uh, well, it was the one you went incredible to Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, um, uh, again, South nine wickets down yeah. at South Africa at Durban. Uh, there was the uh, Cape Town, that extraordinary test, which went to the last minute, and I had a plane to catch about forty-five minutes later. Uh, there was, let's just be, heart you bleeds. Know, yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, it, it, it's actually no problem whatsoever because Cape Town Airport is about the size of a cupboard, so you, you really don't have to get there four hours before. Uh, well, so um, uh, let's jerkily move on to another topic. Um, well, I've got another question. Oh, go on. Um, th- this is, again, from my uh, very illuminating trawl of Twitter earlier on today. A uh, cricketologist put a tweet out um, conveying the, this little uh, fact, which I'll ask, I'll ask you for. Uh, the lowest economy rate in an ODI from 10 completed overs. I'll narrow it down for you. It's a West Indian. Dwayne Bravo. You want to know how many runs he went for? or? Uh... Well, I'll give you the figures, shall I? Ten overs, eight maidens, four wickets for three runs. Modern cricketer? Um, last 20 or 30 years. Is it Chris Gale? Wouldn't, it be, amazing? Ahead of Wouldn't it be amazing <laughs> if it were? It's not, but one oh. day it will be. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to guess somebody else. Yeah. Uh, oh, blimey. Suleiman really, Ben. It's really hard. No, oh, Suleiman Ben is a good shout. It's actually. not. It's not. It is a good shout, but it's not good enough to be correct in this factually. Uh, uh, very, you know, bloody facts. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's a guy who was. Um, he was an opening bat, known as a hard hitting um, batsman, quite tall, uh, and he bowled sort of occasionally, and <laughs> obviously to great effect on this occasion. Uh, it was at the SCG against Pakistan. And I don't have the year written down, I'm afraid, but I should imagine in the 90s. Why was it the S- Was it a tri series? Must World have been Cup? one of those tri series, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. Oh, you've got me. Phil uh, Simmons. Phil really? Simmons. Oh. Man, yeah, he, he wasn't is. a bad bowler when the, yeah. when, the uh, when the conditions were good for him. Because he, he, when he was at Leicestershire, they won a couple of county championships, certainly one, maybe more than one county championship under his leadership. And uh, he bowled a fair bit in the county championship because on pudding pitches, he could be very, very difficult to get away. Big old unit. Didn't is yeah. that isn't Phil Simmons who uh, Annie ended up in a in a jacuzzi with? Well, that I don't know. We'll Do you want me to edit that out of the podcast, or no. uh, can we just leave that in? We, we've discussed this on air. That Which might be the t- that might be the title of the podcast. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, another one, just before we, uh, we're probably uh, motoring towards the end of this, but there's a date for your diary. Uh, 17th, 18th of April, Belgium versus Malta. Nice. Oh, yes. <laughs> Test match. I think it's a, a little um, series of uh, limited overs cricket. Well, I'll tell you, what, 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 when did you say that? Was in April? 17th, 18th of April. Yeah. I bet we can yeah. get a Well, it'll be higher on the Crick Info scores than the county championship. You can, you can bet that for certain. You can bet to your bottom dollar. That's going to be the more, more important cricket being played that day. Right. Well, Any other business should... before we wrap up then, chaps? Well, I saw an interesting fact that's nothing to do with cricket. Um, it's well, not even that way. interesting, but it, 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 um, it caught my fancy. Um, I'm not sure if it's ever been a jingle. You know the song Suicide is Painless? Yeah. Um, yes, MASH. The theme, the theme from MASH. Um, and uh, it's a pretty stupid sort of lyric, really. 
<laughs> suicide is painless. It brings on many changes. Well, yeah, One very significant change. Who's committed suicide? And, and I decided to look it up, actually, saying, what the hell is this about? And uh, Robert Altman, def- who was the director of the film MASH, which it, it was a film before it was a TV series, mm-hmm. um, was trying to put a scene together where a bunch of uh, medics in the army were sitting around singing a stupid song. And he asked his, you know, his phalanx of songwriters to come up with something suitably stupid. And they came up with a tune, but all the words were actually far too intelligent. So he got his 13-year-old son to jot down some stupid lyrics for him. And he said, yeah, that would be great, actually. Thank you very much. It ended up being the theme tune of the film and then later the theme tune of the uh, TV series. And his son had a writing credit on it. And Robert Altman said, I earned 50,000 quid for directing the film MASH. uh, And my son, aged 14, who jotted out a few lyrics, made over a million dollars from the sales of this song. Yeah. worldwide so yeah. uh and they got paid a... stu- it's a bit like shit takes wickets isn't it really i thought because uh, well, it was it was you can get on a t-shirt now of course <laughs> yes you can indeed good plug i thought that was a, 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 a an odd fact but actually quite interesting yeah, that's, that's great he got paid um years later when manic street preachers covered it as well paid again yes yes Nevada, publishing generation rights. later yeah yeah very valuable. So uh, was it, it, it was he'd written it in all seriousness. This this youth that he well, no, he wanted a stupid it... song that a bunch of soldiers would sit around singing with terrible words, like you know, like a bunch of blokes would. So um, but none of his none of his yeah. proper songwriters could come up with anything stupid enough. So he asked his young son uh, come up with some stupid lyrics, and the boy done good at and it. That kid is ne- what writing to a brief can get you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Earn your millions. Yep. So good luck to the lad, um, young Altman. I hope you've done well out of it. He never wrote another song in his life, unsurprisingly, because he wasn't very Why good. Why would you have to? Yeah. Okie doke. Um, so I think we've done all right on this Hendoless podcast. Yeah. Um, There's a, a huge void in the corner of the screen. Oh. We've entertained. No. That... Oh, yes, it's a huge void. Yeah. Um, I hope we've entertained the listener. That's you, Jez. And, uh, <laughs> and Grubby's mum, Barbara. Hello, Barbara. Hello, Barbara. <laughs> and anyone else who's, uh, who's tuned in by accident expecting to find something interesting. Look, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're in a top 10. There's about four episodes of this in the top 10 on our podcast. Yeah, now. don't let don't you know, don't let in the... Uh, don't do yourself down, Fred. Yeah, but don't let, don't let in the figures. Don't talk figures on air. You know, we're gonna keep oh, it's millions. Quiet, it's millions. It's millions of downloads. Millions of downloads. Uh, I don't suppose we'll be back till after the test series is over. And it'll either be a, um, you know, a knees up or more likely a commiseration of a podcast. But uh, until next time, uh, it's farewell from me, not Fred Tippers. It's farewell from me, the bear. And it's cheerio from me, Grubby. See ya. Bye. Bye. So that was the innings of Brendan McCollum. Scores lots of force because he don't like to run. I mean, here we are waving Brendan McCollum goodbye. Whoa, whoa. Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.